We need to change your experiences if you're not getting what you want in life. Where in your life are there deficits? In abundance somewhere, in relationships somewhere. Those experiences are being created by your voice, by what's happening internally and literally what is in your body. What is in the top layer of your muscle memory of how your voice is being delivered. That's what I'm talking about today. Changing your voice to change your reality. I think you're going to like this episode and I don't want you to miss a minute. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you with me today, as always, and I've got a great episode for you today. Today, I want to talk about psychology of the voice and the quantifiable evidence that I have uncovered and have from 30 plus years of research around this topic in relation to If you want to change your experiences in your life, you have to change your voice. Now, that may not make sense as a topic yet, and it is is going to be a rubber band ball topic, but I'm going back to the beginning a little bit because I talk a lot about psychology of the voice. I talk a lot about technique. I talk a lot about a lot of things, but I really want to hone in today on the body component in relation to the subconscious, even though I've talked about it before, I'm really starting to lean into the research. Meaning you're going to hear me talk from a place of the why. We hear a lot of voice technique. We hear a lot of, you need to slow down. You need to pause. You need to count your ums. We hear a lot of that but there's not a lot of why behind it. My whole body of work is about the why. In fact, I'm oftentimes not that interested in the sound, the initial sound that I hear. I'm interested in getting to what is behind it in order to change it for good. What I found many, many years ago was that technique that like people teach technique, even some of the greatest voice masters of our time taught technique, it won't stick. And that's what I'm going to break down today in relation to subconscious calling the shots and what's in the muscle memory of the body. But The evidence is here. Quantifiable evidence is what I have. There's stacks and stacks of it. I had a coach a couple of weeks ago. She said, "What? I want to hear about this research. I want to hear you start talking about not a strategy, not how to make more money. Why? 
what is this research? What is this quantifiable evidence that you have that caused the creation of, was the catalyst of the creation of psychology of the voice? That's what I want to hear from you because you're the one that's got the body of research. You're the one that's done the work. And I said, okay, let me write down what I can talk about in relation to the research. And I came up with nine pages of Q lines of quantifiable evidence. So I'm going to shift into talking about that why more. Just a side note, I want to give you a quick reminder about my upcoming one-day retreats. I'm calling them retreats. It's a full day with me, small group, hands-on, customized coaching. Talk about in a day, walking away, knowing how to change the experiences that you're having in life by shifting what your voice is doing because they are directly linked 100%. CaptivateTheRoom.com forward slash retreat. Chicago is in October. It is filling up. If you are in Chicago, that's the one you want to pay attention to very quickly. You don't have to be in Chicago. You can fly to Chicago from anywhere. And I'd love to see you. I'd love to spend the day with you. All right. So subconscious is calling the shots on your voice. Now, that may not be how you've been taught voice before. I'm not denying the science and the physiology of vocal cords and vibration to air. I'm not de- I'm not denying that. That is 100% real. That's just not my body of work. I was always interested in the deeper version, the next level version. Okay, that's great. That scientifically happens. But I want to know, it started with, I want to know, why do the Irish sound Irish and I sound Texan? And this was the beginning. This was the the beginning research, as many of you know, but I'm sure I have plenty of new listeners and maybe you've never heard me talk about this. In the early days, I was a technique teacher. I studied under the greatest voice masters of our time that were technique purist, meaning slow down. I need you to slow down. I need you to slow down. And that's the way I taught. Now, two things were happening. One, I could hear other things. And I just tried to ignore it because I thought, first I thought, well, everybody can hear what I can hear. Then I thought, well, people are going to think I'm crazy if they know what I hear. It was just too against the grain. It was too, it was too crazy. So I taught technique. And what I noticed was it didn't stick. And I thought, okay, why, why are they coming back? And they have to remember to take the action I'm giving them. And that was really the beginning of the whole thing. The understanding of the subconscious is telling the body what to do in relation to what is happening in the environment. And then different people, different environments create different 
stories in the subconscious, which then create different things, sounds, actions in the body, in the muscle memory of the face. You've maybe heard me talk about the voice work that I do. I call it gym for the face. Because the body is actually holding what we are going to do vocally. And that is connected to what is to, to all the pieces that we have to look at in pillar one of psychology of the voice, voice stories, specific character traits, experiences, trauma, all these things. They are linked. And that is why a lot of times I will say to people, you've had a lot of therapy or you've done a lot of personal development, none of which is a criticism, but I can hear it in their mind and in their words, but it hasn't shifted in their voice because they have not changed what is in the muscle memory of the voice. And we are going to draw from the top layer of the muscle memory of the face of the voice creation no matter what, until we change it. My research shows me that your real voice is still with you. It's just buried. You've heard me talk about the seven layers of sound. Seven, layer seven is your real voice. Layer seven is generally not what you're drawing from unless you've done the work with me. You're drawing from that top layer of muscle memory. And that top layer, again, is linked to a number of things. And it can be linked to many things. It can be linked to a, like, you've heard me talk about Bill, one of the first people that was instrumental in the beginning stages of psychology of the voice research, a man that came to work with me and he wanted to command more of his presence. He wanted to build his business. He wanted more respect from his team. He wanted more sales. And when he walked in the room, he had a really tiny little voice that was very, very quiet. And I, at the time, had no idea why. Psychology of the voice had not been created yet, but I said, Bill, do you have siblings? And in a very quiet voice, he said, I have six older sisters. So some of his core physiology, top layer of muscle memory in relation to his voice held, Bill, you're too loud. Bill, get out of our room. Bill, why are you always bothering us? That information went into Bill's subconscious. Bill's subconscious said, don't worry, Bill, I've got this, and started talking to the muscle memory that holds the voice and said, you need to tone it down. You are being rejected because of your volume. Do not talk loud anymore. It is not safe. 
And so in a split second, almost, Bill, subconscious, said, we're not doing it that way anymore. That's who you really are, but that's not working. That is creating rejection for you. We're not going to have that. So we're going to do something that will get you accepted. That will make you belong. And that's the point of the whole thing. The subconscious isn't calling shots on the muscle memory of how you hold your voice just because. It's not, well, we were just created that way to know to have the heartbeat. No, it's a protection mechanism. It goes all the way back to acceptance, sense of belonging, rejection. Do not get kicked out of the tribe. You will die. And it's really about sense of belonging. Masks created before we're two, worth, rejection. That's my latest body of research. I'll share that with you soon enough. But it's happening all the time. The subconscious is filtering, discerning, changing how you use your voice all the time. Now, the majority of this is done before you're five. Some of the core, core the driver, some of the strongest voice stories, the the epitome of where you're working from, character traits that have a voice piece to them of what's accepted. A lot of it's established before we're five, but I've worked with people. I've got people right now that they did not have a lot of voice stories or A lot of dialogue coming in growing up. Hey, you're too loud. Hey, you're this. You ought to do that. But three years ago, they had a catastrophic event. Or three months ago, they had a catastrophic event. That happens all the time. And so it could be from 30 years ago. It could be from 30 minutes ago. If the subconscious establishes a new way that we're going to use our voice, And then you recreate it a handful of times. Now you've got a new habit that you are locking in to the body, to the top layer of muscle memory. Now, I went down a whole rabbit hole there. And really what I wanted to touch on first was how did I figure this out? And it started with dialects. Why do the Irish sound Irish and I sound Texan? I want to sound Texan. I want to sound Irish. I sound Texan. They sound cool. I think Texans sound cool too. So don't don't get me out of context here. I was fascinated with the idea. And I knew that I did not teach dialects the way that most people taught them. I was working with actors solely at this time. This was before I ever even worked with that Fortune 100 company, which was the first company that I ever worked with. I primarily, I did work with actors, did a lot of dialect work, and I and I knew that most dialect teachers taught from an audible perspective, which is in a way what happens when we just apply technique. And I'll I'll try to remember to circle back and explain that. Most dialect teachers listen to this recording, listen to this recording, listen to this recording, listen to this recording, 
recreate what you hear, recreate what you hear. That is not, you cannot create consistency that way because you have to have the information coming in all the time, which is why, here's a little side note, the physiology of the voice is always changing because we're dealing with different people all the time. So maybe with your best friend, you're getting a certain set of information and you talk a certain way, but maybe with that intimidating woman at the office, you're getting a different piece of information coming in and you're talking in a different way. Therein lies the problem because I want consistency. I want you always authentically showing up and just playing all the variables that are in your voice. Well, I didn't teach dialects that way. I didn't, I knew that audible dialect coaching was not, they, it was not going to be consistent. Because I had been trained on the phonetic alphabet, that was my first work in discovering how to teach dialects. Then I also worked with Arthur Lassac, who had a very unique, purist, technical approach, very technical, probably the most technical of any of them that I worked with. And so I worked from a placement perspective. And what placement is, when you create a dialect, every dialect has a point of placement, meaning a place that we are trying to get the sound to to create the dialect. There are other pieces that are involved in the dialect, vowel combinations, certain letters that are not in dialects or are strong in dialects. R is always a thing. L can be a thing. And I won't go into all of that right now. But the point of placement for standard American dialect is mid-mouth. So let's say you're an Australian and you're wanting to learn an American dialect. Well, we're going to work towards getting your sound to that point of placement mid-mouth. Well, the Irish dialect has an outside of the mouth point of placement. So I can shift my face into that point of placement and become Irish. And I thought, how does the baby know to do this? Because a baby, I mean, a baby sounds like its parents, same dialect. And that's when I started putting the pieces together. Yes, the ear was involved 100%, but the ear was not calling the whole shot. The ear was taking in the dialect. The subconscious was saying, all right, we're going to direct the muscles of the face to this placement. So you sound like your parents. And there it was. And that opened up this whole world of there's an internal piece and there is an external piece. So what happens when somebody just says, be louder, just like that sound coming in, it's going to filter through the subconscious. And if all these components have not been dealt with from an internal perspective, you are not going to be louder because there's noise in there. That noise from stories, from a driver, from 
uh, character traits from all these things that we look at, that's what's calling the shots. They are linked. And this is why technique wasn't sticking. Because people would be louder and they would be louder and they would be louder, but they could not lock it in because of the internal that had not been eradicated, shifted, rewritten. So they were basically working off of a foundation of sand, not rock, which was why the intimidating person could come in and everything would change because that sand would shift. And that subconscious would go, hold on a minute, here comes Judy. We, this is how we'd be with Judy. And that is why you have no confidence. That is why you struggle to command the space. That is why they're not hearing you. It is not about the volume at the end of the day. It is about the foundation of sand. And we have to get you working on a foundation of rock, which means there's a significant amount of subconscious reprogramming in psychology of the voice. There is a significant amount of shifting what's in the muscle memory, what is in that top layer. We've got to get that out of the layers of the muscle memory so that we can bring your real voice, which is still there, hidden way, way, way down, back to the top layer of muscle memory. I've heard some coaches say, voice coaches say, you were born with a bad voice, but I can give you a good voice. I disagree with that. I believe you were born with the perfect voice and the world takes it away or rather piles a bunch of junk on it so that you're constantly altering who you are. You are constantly misrepresenting who you are with your voice. And your voice is creating your reality, your experience. Let's say there's some subconscious work that hasn't been done on they don't want to buy from you. And it will come out in your voice. I've had three podcast interviews this week with people where I was interviewing them for this show and they were talking about how they can hear it. Your ideal client, your boss, your team can hear it. And when they hear your dis despair or your giving up or whatever it is about you don't think they're going to buy, do you really think they're going to buy? No. That is affecting your reality. Your voice is determining your reality. Those people that are intimidated by you, that's because of your voice. Those people that don't want to be friends with you, that's because of your voice. Those people that fight with you constantly and have to always be right, that's because of your voice. The people in the stores, the people in your family, the people in your work, the people on your client load your revenue, all of it, the sound comes first. Sound travels pretty fast. And until we deal with the psychology of the voice, there are sounds in your voice that are negatively affecting your reality. But I've got the science right here. And, and that means I've got the proof 
that we can change this. And it doesn't mean I'm going to change who you are. It means I'm going to get you back to who you are. And that changes everything. So what is, what are the areas where your life isn't, your your reality, your life, your experiences aren't what you want them to be? That's That's what I want you to look at. And how does your voice play into that? Can you see your voice being the catalyst for the places where you do not have the reality you want? All right. I want you to think about that. I'm going to stop right there. Thanks for being here. That's it for today. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. 